Hello, my friends. How are you? You're listening to the Sunday edition of St. Mark Lutheran Church's podcast from Bemidji, Minnesota. This podcast features a sermon from our church or another of our Well Sister Churches. If you are edified by our sermon today, you may also be interested in our weekday devotions, which are published three times weekly on this podcast. I'd also like to invite you back every week for more sermons. Today our sermon is based upon Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Our sermon for today is titled, Focused Prayer, and is based on the scripture that I just read to you. We now join Pastor Zamzo for the sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, who taught us to pray, amen. If you had a pie chart in your mind, and you could divvy this up based around your prayer life, what would it look like? How often do you pray? How often do you pray for the things that you need? How often do you pray for the needs of others? Or what if you broke it down even more? Between strictly praying for yourself, praying for those that you care about, or praying even maybe for your enemies. What would such a chart look like? What would be the biggest sliver? What would be the smallest sliver? I'll tell you what, if mine were made public, I'd be ashamed of it. I'd be ashamed even if it were made publicly known how often I take time and set it aside out of my day to focus on prayer. Someone made the comment to me the other day that prayer has gotten a lot of short shrift these days. And it really got me thinking as to why that is. And it had me looking forward to this Sunday in particular because I knew we were going to spend the morning focusing on prayer in the Word of God, in our hymns, and in the sermon. Because when it comes down to prayer, we see that our lives of prayer are really, truly, essential for our being. Part of our purpose on this world is to pray. And we see that clearly in the Word of God from 1 Timothy, the words of St. Paul. We'll study that in depth in just a moment. Perhaps we cringe a little bit. And maybe we shrug it off. 
when we, we hear people say things, you know, there's some like tragedy that happens or there's some big problem that happens in the world. And people will say, what's the tagline? I don't want your thoughts and prayers. They're useless. And maybe we shrug that off a little bit. Maybe some part of it bites into us. Maybe some part of us in our sinful nature agrees with it. Because we live in a world that seeks instant action and instant gratification. When it comes down to prayer and focusing in on it. We see that it is powerful. We see that it is effective. We know that what Paul says in, in, his, in his lesson here, the first thing he says to Timothy in chapter 2 is simply, first of all, I urge. First of all. First of all, I urge you, Timothy, to pray for. He urges him to pray. We couple that with the other examples from God's Word we heard this morning. We saw the, the bold and powerful prayer of Abraham for his, his nephew Lot and the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in the first lesson. In the Gospel, we were reminded of Jesus lovingly teaching His disciples to pray. And, and what becomes clear after studying these readings, what becomes clear and what stands out to me, what stood out to me the most, is just how intimately linked prayer is to our purpose in life. What do I mean? Well, what is your overall purpose of living? What might the world say? Is it making money? Is it raising a family? Is it developing yourself or finding your hobbies or your passions or your pleasures? Is it experiencing all the things that the world has to offer? Or ironically enough, how many times have we gone to God in prayer and asked Him to show us our purpose? God's Word makes it clear that the purpose for us in life is really one thing. And it's to go out and share the gospel message of Christ Jesus and what He has done. So, stay with me for a second. Just as we use our money and our time and our talents and our offerings for the purpose of giving glory to God or spreading the gospel, just as a family wants to raise Christian parents, just as we use our hobbies and our passions in a way that draw people to us that we might share the love of Christ, or that we might have a whole host of experiences in life in order that we might be all things to all people and be able to share the gospel more effectively. If all of those aspects of our life, all of those purposes for living are to be used for the glory of God and the spread of the gospel, then it stands also to reason that our lives of prayer should follow suit. Our lives of prayer are intimately linked with our purpose for being here. The purpose of prayer that Paul speaks about here is unique. When he speaks to, to, to Pastor Timothy, he says, he says to him, First then I urge that prayers and petitions, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That sounds an awful lot like the first prayer, first petition of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. We ask that God's kingdom would come. And when we do that, we are asking the Lord that his gospel would go out, that the knowledge of Christ would overcome all things. So back to that pie chart thing that I mentioned earlier. How many of our prayers are focused inward, bent on our own needs or our own wants or our own desires? And don't get me wrong, friends. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray in time of need. We can take anything that we want to God's throne of grace and ask. But I wonder in our life of prayer if we often neglect to pray for others, to pray for those that hate us, to pray for our enemies, to pray for enemies of the gospel, to pray for those who dislike us in our family, to pray for those on the other side of the political aisle, to pray for all of those that would have us shut our mouths and quit and give up the gospel. Paul says, I urge then, first of all, prayers and petitions and thanksgiving, etc., be made for all people. All people. As we consider the focused prayer that Paul is talking about here, we realize that he's writing friend, Pastor Timothy, and he says these things, and that he urges us to pray for all people, for those who are in authority, It might be hard for us to wrap our minds around this. How do we pray for an enemy? How do we pray for somebody that hates us? Why would you want to do that? It's easy to kind of marginalize that and slide it aside in your mind. But consider this from the perspective of St. Paul. Who was the authority? Who was the ruling power during the days of St. Paul? It was none other than the Roman Emperor Nero. The guy who burned down a quarter of the city of Rome and blamed it on the Christians so he could build himself a new palace. The Emperor Nero who took Christians and executed them and used their bodies as human torches to light the city of Rome at night. That guy. Paul says pray for him. Pray for all those who oppose the gospel. Pray for our enemies. Pray that their hearts might be changed. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. When we see and we focus on prayer, we see that it's intimately tied for our, to our purpose for living. It's intimately tied to spreading the gospel. And we might ask for evidence of just how effective this is to pray for your enemies. Well, if I'm going to pray for my enemies and this is a, a major part of my purpose for existing, how effective is it? Well, don't look any farther than St. Paul himself. Who was he? Chief of sinners? The great adversary of the church in its early days? The man who held the coats of those who stoned Stephen? Who rounded up the innocent? And when Paul was brought to faith, he immediately became mindful of the fact that there were people praying for him. They were praying for his conversion. They were praying that his heart might be changed, enemy of the gospel, though he was. And Paul says in verse 7, And for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. Paul says he was now a proclaimer of God's gospel. And he urges that Timothy follow suit 
and focus on prayer and see it as a purpose, as his purpose in life. This is immensely practical, friends. We pray for our enemies and we pray for those who hate us and we pray as we do in the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. We see something immensely practical. First thing is, we see this. That we put ourselves and we pray for our enemies We put ourselves not just into the shoes of Paul or Timothy, but we put ourselves into the shoes of Christ Jesus himself. Who prayed for those who were driving the nails into his hands and crucifying him. Paul tells us in this very section of scripture that Jesus is the intercessor for all people. He is the go-between. It is because of him that our prayers are heard. Jesus prayed for us. He is the ransom for all men. The judgment that rightly should fall on all sinners, you and me, was taken by Him. In fact, Christ is the reason that our prayers are even heard at all. Jesus is the reason our prayers are heard at all. And it was His purpose It was Christ's purpose to come down to live that perfect life and to die that innocent death on the cross to open the way. To unbar the gate. As the prophet Isaiah had had told us, here your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. The prophet Isaiah says plainly, as other parts of Scripture do, that God pays no heed to the prayers of those who do not have faith in Christ. No matter how devoted or how fervent or in however deep a state of meditation, God does not hear. He does not listen. For without faith in Christ, the wickedness still stands. The sin still stands and separates them from God. Only in Christ. Only by faith in Christ Jesus are those iniquities, is that wickedness, is that evil, is that sin taken away, those sins are paid for. Jesus is the reason that you have the ability, that I have the ability to go to God in prayer with any request or petition. So we see that as at one time we were enemies of God, yet Christ came down and paid for our sin. He is the reason for our even having faith. He's the reason for our ability to pray. We step into the shoes of Jesus and we pray for our enemies. It's immensely practical because it ties us in, in, intimately to the, uh, to the concept of our faith. That we were enemies of God, yet Christ came down and interceded for us. And on the other hand, as Paul says, that we pray for our enemies and we pray that hearts be changed, that hearts for the gospel will be changed. Well, what happened when Paul's heart was changed? to persecute and crush sinners? No. You fast forward a little ways in the history books, what eventually happens? Rome does not stay a pagan nation, but eventually there's a Christian emperor. There's a Christian emperor. All the prayers of of those believers praying for for their enemies, praying for those who had one time persecuted them, Rome becomes a Christian nation. And Christianity is legalized. We pray for our enemies. It's intimately linked 
for our purpose. Prayer is intimately linked for our purpose for being here on this earth. That purpose being to spread and to share the gospel. Now, it might be easy for us to say, yeah, we can pray, we can do that whenever we want. But the Lord wants us to take prayers seriously. He wants us to focus on them. He wants us to think about what it is, what we say, when we say it. It's why the Lord Jesus taught His disciples. They asked Him, Lord, teach us. (laughs) We don't really know. What should we ask for? How should we ask for it? One of the first things Jesus says is pray your, that, that the kingdom of God come, that the gospel go out and be spread. And this is the thing that Paul is talking about here to young pastor Timothy. And we pray for encouragement for ourselves to go out and be bold and proclaim the word of truth. We focus on what Paul says. Without hearing the message, there can't be any believers without praying that the hearts of those be changed, without praying for encouragement to go and and share the gospel, there can't be believers. Paul asks these questions and the answers are obvious. He says, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? I heard it put this way once. The the gospel is often an itch that needs to be scratched. There's a story that, that goes back, and perhaps I've used this uh, in Bible classes or other examples before, but it, it, it bears repeating here. There's a, a young man living in the city of Jerusalem, and his father was uh, a leading imam, an Islamic preacher. Uh, and he was walking through the city streets, uh, and he, he, was, he was going along, and somebody walked up to him with a book and shoved it in his face, and they said, here, take this. And he didn't really think anything of it, and he grabbed it and put it in his bag, and he went on about his day, and he went home. So he got home the, at the end of that night, and he emptied out his, his pack from the day of walking around the city, and what should fall out? Uh-oh! A Bible. That's the book that was given to me. Well, this isn't good because his dad is, is a leading Islamic preacher. If he gets caught with this, he's in big trouble. So he's got two options sitting in front of him. He says, either I can take this book and I can go and chuck it in the garbage can and never think about it again, or I can take this book and I can hide it. I can hide it, I can go and put it away and, and, and go read it in private sometime on my own. And that's what he did. And you know, as he's comparing the Quran and he's comparing the Bible side by side, this is the thing that got him. It was the idea of loving and praying for your enemies. This had never occurred to him in his entire life. It was a completely foreign concept to him to love my enemies, to pray for them? Why would I do such a thing? And it was that that led him to say, this book is useless. The Quran is useless. Give me that loving word of Jesus that tells me that I at one point was an enemy of God, yet he focused all his effort and energy and time on me. Even so far as to go to the cross. And now let me 
be strengthened and empowered through that word of grace to pray for, to reach out, to be emboldened, to go and share that gospel message. How many times, friends, do we turn on the, on the radio in the car and we're driving around and, I don't know, I'm kind of a talk radio junkie. I listen to a, a lot of stuff uh, on, the, on the radio. Or you turn on the news in the morning and you just kind of want to go, Ugh. you throw up your hands in consternation at, at the, the state of affairs that our world is in. See prayer as your, part of your purpose for living. When these things happen, don't throw up your hands, fold them. And pray for those that are responsible for the evils that we see in the world. Pray that the gospel might go out to them. Pray that they might hear it. Pray that the Lord might work His Holy Spirit and send the word to them in some way, shape, or form that they too might come to know and believe in Jesus and see Him as the reason that their prayers can be heard. Friends, prayer is tied to our faith. It's tied to our lives of faith. Through Christ and because of Him, God grant, for Christ's sake, that we be able to go to God confidently in prayer to focus on it as a purpose for living. Amen. That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www. St. Mark's Bemidji.org